Is it better for Utah to stay in the Pac-12 or go to the Big 12 and join BYU? We're talking about it on today's Locked on Utes and Locked on Cougars. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Use and Locked On Cougars your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. My name is JT Wister Sill. Excited to be joined by Jake Hatch, the former host of Locked On Utes, with Sill hosting Locked On Cougars. And Jake, conference realignment has been all the rage this offseason, basically. And there's been a lot of noise around Utah, kind of, as one of the four corner schools. Not as much as Colorado and Arizona, I would mm-hmm. say, as late, which those are kind of the two hottest ones as in the that are rumored to maybe be going. But there's a lot of stuff with this to still figure it out. But just in general, just posing the question, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this in a second as someone who obviously covers BYU so closely. Um, is it better for Utah to stay in the Pac-12 or go to the Big 12 and join BYU? For me personally, I would still like to see them stay in the Pac-12. Now, the biggest thing, as we've talked about before, about going to the Big 12 for me is being able to play BYU, and we're going to talk about more about that in our second segment. But I just believe if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Especially, look, the big thing in this and what we have to wait on is what is the deal, media rights deal for the Pac-12 going to come in at? Unless it's a drastic figure, I do expect the Utah to stay in the Pac-12. I just think when you're talking about recruiting and changing areas, and yes, you gain a new footprint, but it takes time to build those relationships while losing some in other places. The travel, which is not going to be as bad as what UCLA and USC are going to be going through with their new schedule, but can still take a toll on the guys. Um, and also just the familiarity with the opponents and everything, the confidence they have. I just, I feel like if Utah can, it's best for them to stay in the Pac-12. Uh, I, and see, I, I can respect that wholeheartedly because here's the thing. Utah has been the class of the Pac-12 for the better part of five years now. And that, mm-hmm. that's the thing about this. Why would you want to step away from something that you're essentially at, at near or at the top of right now? And I get Utah's thought process on this. The only the only concern I have from the BYU side of this, that looking from the outside towards Utah, is that if Colorado jumps, they may yeah. cause a, a, a just cascading effect where Arizona may say, you know what, we're out. Arizona State may say, you know what, we want to just stay connected with 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 Arizona. And then at that point. What's the what's the future of the Pac-12 ultimately look yeah. like? That's when the lifeboat analogy very much is in play. Which lifeboat can Utah jump in at that point? Is the does the Big 12 say, hey, thanks, but no thanks at that point? And what do you have to do? Do you have to pick up the pieces and try and grab half of the Mountain West to reform a obviously would be a lesser than Pac-12 at that point. That's the only concern I have is if all these dominoes do fall, which I still have my doubts they ultimately do fall, I I actually think the Pac's going to stick together personally. But if they do, that's my only concern about Utah. I get why Utah wants to stick with the Pac. I totally get it. But if all of these quote-unquote rumors come true where Colorado jumps, Arizona follows suit, and then then the Big 12's looking, maybe we go grab San Diego State, whatever the scenario is, at that point, where does Utah land? That's got to be the only concern in my mind about what Utah's future might hold. 
You are 100% right. I think there, to me, there's no reason. A lot of Utah fans feel like Utah needs to be the first one to go. I don't feel that way, but I absolutely think it's not a bad thing to be a follower of this. It's, it's if the other schools leave, you can't stay on the sinking ship that is the Pac-12, basically, because, look, we know the Arizona schools of Colorado, if they're going to go to, we know that Washington and Oregon are going to closely follow, probably to, I would assume, the Big Ten, if like something happened with the Pac-12, and it felt like a great opportunity for the Big Ten. I know there was, they originally didn't want to include Oregon and Washington. I just think if it was something where the Pac-12 started, to implode they'd be like yeah it's a really good opportunity for us to get in on those two brands so that would potentially leave utah if they did go no we're going to make it work in the pack i just don't think that would be very smart on the leadership aspect of things and i do expect them to make that change and this is the presidents who are making this decision but mark harland who did just receive a contract extension will have a little bit something to say about this as well so it is going to be interesting uh to monitor overall but i like that you mentioned of course the byu perspective inside of this too because obviously that is a big thing and how for i'm curious to what you think on this too how would utah joining the big 12 um, impact BYU? Uh, well, uh, there's different thoughts of uh, how it would impact BYU from depending on who you talk to. <laughs> I think the simple fact of the matter is, is it would bolster the Big 12. I, I don't have any problem saying that. Is it, they would obviously bring a, a nice brand to the Pac, uh, to the Big 12, excuse me, from the Pac-12, would give BYU another one, another program around them that can help hold down that uh, late night times uh, time slot for the Big 12 and their media rights deal. Obviously, if Colorado makes the jump, they're already there. Let's say uh, San Diego State jumps in. They bring that mm-hmm. Pacific time zone. That, that's the thing about this is it opens up that Western anchor for the Big 12 conference. And that's what you want to see for uh, the, the Big 12 is you want to see more than one school in this mountain time zone. So that way BYU is not kind of sitting out here on an island geographically isolated. For so many years under the old Big 12, West Virginia was kind of that on the East Coast in a way. But they already gave Cincinnati and uh, I know UCF's a little further away, but they are in that that eastern seaboard so they give them some geographical ties with some of the programs are going to be in the conference the problem right now for byu is yes they are geographically isolated from the rest of their new conference mates and that that's why i think utah coming in would be a good thing now Mm -hmm. byu fans there are are a lot of them out there who say they want nothing to do with utah and i get that sentiment and i think there are utah fans who have that same sentiment. there are to do with the cougars but you y'all need to understand y'all are stronger when you're together okay absolutely facts and we're going to talk about that more in our second segment we talk about the rivalry and just the potential of that to be transformed into something that could really boost both brands but i totally agree with you in terms of especially just not from the byu perspective but i just think from the big 12 perspective and the pac-12 and the big 12 have this in common right you're two two of your strongest brands especially with the big 12 texas and oklahoma you know ucla i think they'd fallen off a little bit compared to where we maybe in oregon was as of recently but unquestionably usc is their strongest brand right for the pac-12 them and ucla gone now so so if you're the big 12 and the pack 12 and you're having teams getting kind of picked away like that, well, you want to be able to pick some up too and get even stronger. Now the big 12 struck first and has already been able to do that with a couple of those brands too. But why wouldn't you want to add a team in Utah? Who's coming off? As you mentioned, they're kind of been the class of the pack 12 in the sport that makes the most money in college sports being football. When you look at what they've been able to do, how they've been able to beat a USC, how they've been able to beat an Oregon in the biggest game overall too. So to me, that's something that's really important and just bears in mind as well. So I, I think this is going to be very interesting to see how it does all work out but I, I just do think it would be a positive overall 
for Utah to join the Big 12 in terms of how it would affect BYU. Because as you mentioned, and we'll talk about more in, in our next segment, the rivalry being boosted, I think just having more of the geographical footprint, I thought that was something that was extremely noteworthy that you brought up. I just think that's a huge thing to be able to recruit in different parts as well. And I will say, look, I mentioned for Utah, like if you leave one, one conference, you're kind of changing your recruiting a little bit for Utah as they would be doing. But I think BYU, um, it just be able to stay in Utah for a lot of these players, like to have a home game in your state again not just whenever you play utah but when you play byu as well some of these other schools i think that would be a really big thing overall so it's something i'm very interested and kind of curious to see how it does all work out and it's definitely something we're gonna have to monitor and keep track of because there's a lot of variables there's a lot of factors that go into conference realignment but in the end we really could end up seeing utah and byu pair up together and as i said i don't think utah is going to be the first to leave but if the other schools left i definitely think they would follow so it's going to be really interesting to see how this all works out. Me and Jake are going to continue to be talking about conference realignment in a moment, and especially what this rivalry could mean if Utah and, Big and BYU did join the Big 12 together in a moment. But first, we've got to talk to you about our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dog stretchy khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and length, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts, and those regular shorts are made of a stiff, restricting cotton, but not Bird Dogs. They fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. You guys can wear your Bird Dogs anywhere, as I choose to do all the time. I wear them to record this podcast. I know, Jake, you're a big fan of them as well. There are lots of things you guys can do with your pair of Bird Dogs. So make sure you guys head over to birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. You do not need to enter a promo code. You just have to enter that URL. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler. And once you enter that promo code, it will instantly get put in you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you jake one thing that would really excite me about utah joining the big 12 is just the potential of this rivalry and making it into something bigger i feel like because it's played in week one week two week three kind of recently it gets overlooked when you're talking about the best rivalries in college sports and look it's not going to be what a michigan ohio state is but i do think it can get elevated a lot especially if these two teams played during rivalry weekend which i think is something that the big 12 would allow these teams to do rather than giving them kind of phony rivalries like continuing with the utah colorado one <laughs> you don't like the Rocky Mountain Rumbles? I do not like the Rocky Mountain Rumble. I, I feel no tradition. I love the tradition of rivalries and all that. And I do not feel that with the Buffs. And maybe with Dion coming over, if Utah were to stay in the pack, that'd become something. But I don't think it would ever match kind of the BYU-Utah thing. And especially, Jake, because of what you mentioned, there that animosity you talked about a little bit between some fans who don't want to keep playing each other. I just feel like that's one of the things that, that does make it a little bit better, too. Uh, that's the thing about this. This is one of the rivalries that exists 24-7, 365. It's always there. And the best part about BYU-Utah fans is they can get on each other for almost anything. I mean, it's an <laughs> innocuous topic, and somehow it will devolve into a rivalry uh, back and forth between the two parties. And so, yes, I, I get that there is animus. I get that there is this intensity of this rivalry that turns some people off to it, and that's why they don't want to see both of these rivals in the same conference once again. But 
I, honestly, I, I think if, if most BYU fans in their heart of hearts, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm speaking for uh, Cougar Nation out there. I, it's probably a bad thing to do, but I think the majority of them would welcome BYU and Utah getting back together in the same conference. And to your point, especially if it meant they could play at the tail end of the season, obviously mm-hmm. Thanksgiving weekend, that tradition they p- played in late November for so many decades. Why not get that back together? Obviously, it's going to require things to play out with the Pac-12 and Utah ultimately making the jump to the Big 12, that type of a deal. But the the thing is, the possibility exists. And if you're a Cougar or a Ute fan within the sound of our two voices, I would encourage you to embrace it. I absolutely would as well. And just to your point, I think when you have kind of those early season matchups that we've seen, the rivalry it's like the games mean a lot still because of the rivalry, but both teams can recover because they're so early in the season. I look at last year where look, Ohio state got really lucky that Utah ended up beating USC, right? Because if they hadn't Ohio state would not have been in the college football playoff. And the reason for that is because they lost to Michigan because that rivalry game had such a big impact on both those teams season and how it ended up playing out. And I think that's what it would be for Utah and BYU too to have that opportunity to play late in the season. Because as we said, they're they're just getting them to play in general is always great. But I just think if you could play later in the season, those ramifications especially would just add to what is already an electric atmosphere jake well yeah and that's the thing about this is this rival doesn't need much to make it as good as it is because honestly it still is as intense as ever and they haven't been in the same conference now for thir- going on 13 seasons so that's the thing about this is it still exists but if you could ramp it up where they are in the same conference and they're playing at the highest level of football in the power five level against one another it just takes it as you mentioned to a whole nother level and that that's the thing about this is it, it, it would just ultimately raise the stakes to a level that we have not seen in this state now i I get uh, why uh, both fan bases would say, some would say yes, some would say no, some would yep. say eh, whatever. There's be there's be a wide variety of opinions, but with these two squaring off, you would create it immediately. I, I'm, I'm dead serious about this. Immediately, I think the best rivalry in the Big 12 conference, it, just overnight. Yeah. Would become the biggest rivalry in the conference, and you can guarantee that it, now at the Power Five level, BYU and Utah already got pretty good TV slots with regards to playing this rivalry when they've done it. Can you imagine Thanksgiving weekend having this rivalry at the, at the Power Five level, and especially if there were a Big Twelve stakes on the line, whether if somebody Utah or BYU potentially playing for a Big Twelve title or a heaven forbid a college football playoff berth is on the line out there. This could be one of those games that's a mid-afternoon kickoff on ABC. That, that is, mm. That's the type of opportunity that exists if they were in the same conference. It absolutely does. And, I mean, it just gets me excited even talking about it. And to your point, Jake, like, what is the best rivalry in the Big 12 right now, now that Oklahoma and Texas are gone? Uh, whew, that's a great question. Probably the Sunflower State, the battle for the Sunflower State between Kansas and Kansas State. Honestly, that's probably yeah. it. Uh, I, I don't know anything else. I, I don't know much about Iowa State having many like big rivalry games. I know that I, they've got the their the Cyhawk Trophy, which they play against Iowa, which is a big yeah. team. <laughs> then you've got uh, Texas Tech and TCU. No. Uh, Houston doesn't necessarily have a lot. They have to go back to the old Southwest conference days with TCU, but that, that, that hasn't existed for decades. So honestly, right now it's probably uh, Kansas, Kansas state. And that's mid at best. It's just, yeah. it's just, it doesn't hold the same cachet that BYU, Utah, the Holy war would hold. Absolutely. And uh, just speaking of this rivalry, I think we're both we're both at very uh, different positions because you've grew up around this rivalry. I'm a little newer to it as well. What does the rivalry mean to you? I really want to get your perspective on this. 
it's just it was part of the routine every single year you could set your watch by it the thanksgiving weekend it was byu and utah squaring off it didn't matter what the records were these teams could be 0 and 11 against going up against each other in that game and it's still going to have the same intensity that it had when it had stakes on it byu was making runs towards a national title in 84 my dad talked about all the, like those those games against utah during the 80s late 70s and early 80s were absolutely legendary there's the famous one scott mitchell leading utah to win over byu in 88 or 80 89, if I remember my dates are off a little bit, but then the very next year, Ty Detmer and BYU repaid the favor by absolutely blowing their doors off and put a 70 spot on Utah. That's the thing about this. It does not matter what the records are. It only increases if there are actual things at stake in the game, whether a team may be going for a college football playoff berth let's say in, theory, in theory in the Big 12 Conference. That would only add to it. The, the, the nice part is you already know it's as intense as it could be, even if these are two teams that aren't going to a bowl game or if they're heaven forbid they're both playing for their bowl lives they're both five and six going into this game you win you're going to a bowl game you lose you're not that would just there's so many scenarios here where you get these two teams together it's going to immediately impact the overall tenor and just the overall feeling and i think it would very much bolster the image of the big 12 as a result yeah, I think that was perfectly said when you're just talking about the history and tradition are two of the things that make college football so great. And it's all comes together in rivalry weekend because of all the history, because of all the tradition. And it's so much fun to watch play out. And that's something that I've been introduced as a someone who is newer into this rivalry since I moved o- over to Utah about four years ago, just kind of getting birthed into it. Hearing my friends talk about it. I had an old co- roommate of mine who was like, let's watch BYU play t- Toledo. I'm like, why? There's so many better games on. He's like, no, I want to see if they'll lose because then I can give him crap for losing to a max goal. I I believe BYU. I'm like ninety percent sure BYU run that day. What were you gonna say? Let me insert one thing here as well. Yeah. Is I, my in-laws? Uh, so they are from California, all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, so it's my cousin-in-law, his younger cousin-in-law of, of mine. He actually is going to the University of Utah. He has no connection to the state. He is not a member of the LDS faith. Uh, the, mm-hmm. Some of my in-laws are not, and uh, some of them are. There's a mixed family there. But he has no connection to the state outside of my mother and father-in-law who are live in the state now. And he picked the University of Utah to go to school. He came up, this actually was earlier this week. We're playing this on a Friday. Uh, and we had a conversation. I said, okay, what do you know about this rivalry? And he's like, uh, I've heard it's pretty intense. I'm like, <laughs> you've heard it's pretty intense. Well, you're about to experience it because yes. he grew up. He grew up in Southern California. He's seen USC and UCLA. That, that's kind of his main reference point on a rivalry. And I told him, okay, that's a pretty good rivalry. It does not exist to the same level in terms of the overall feeling every single day of yep. what you're about to experience between BYU and Utah. And he's like, he kind of looked at me like I had three heads. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I was, I'm dead serious. You are going to experience this to a level you've never experienced it. Similarly, I think you're circumstance jt where you moved in and you've kind of adapted to what the rivalry is all about guys like me i born and raised in the state it's just part of the fabric that makes up the state of utah so there there's a there's a nice uh feeling of considering that getting that back together because just in some ways for most of us that grew up in the state and grew up around it it'd be be like okay it's like an old friend coming back yeah That is a great point. And I think the crazy thing for me too, is the first ever BYU Utah game I went to was when BYU beat Utah, the the most recent one we had. And that was as bummed as I was about my youth losing during my senior season. 
as a college football fan, I could appreciate the atmosphere, how incredible it was looking down and watching all these people storm the field, seeing how much it meant to them. And that is what I, what makes college football so great. That's why I hate what the SEC is doing and they're like finding these teams a ton of money every time they storm the field. And yet those same schools would be the ones that like have the pictures of commemorating like when all the fans rush the field, and like raise their oh, yeah. players on their shoulders. That's where I just, all right, that stuff drives me nuts. But um, anyways, it's, it's uh, rivalries are so great. They're so much fun. And it would be great if these two schools could kind of revive that especially with so much on the line late into the season in november so it's going to be something that's interesting to monitor and see how it all plays out and something that's also going to be interesting to monitor is one of the things that makes this rivalry so strong between utah and byu jake is they go after a lot of the same recruits obviously ones who aren't just in this state but a lot of them that are out of state as well and both utah and byu are in on dia bell the son of former nba player raja bell raja you, you mentioned earlier before we started recording former jazz player as well and look dia is a 2026 quarterback out of florida 6'2, 185 and when you just watch this guy you never know with freshmen which utah is actually a, a very rare exception to this because utah is going to have a freshman quarterback not the University of Utah, the state of Utah, and a guy in Helaman Kasuga, who your listeners might already know about because I believe you guys have offered him. I'm not sure if Utah has yet. Offer out to him. Yeah, but he is a very exceptional freshman. And just being around and being able to cover some of his games, as I know you did as well last year, he's a guy who takes his preparation very seriously. And the little bit I've watched of Bell, he's the same way. The footwork, just the accuracy, the mobility, everything. This is a guy who takes it very seriously. You can tell his dad knows what it takes to make it and be successful playing a long sports career. And I think he's been able to instill that in his son. I think this would be a great get for either program. All right. You want some inside intel on all of this? I would. So uh, this will apply to both BYU and Utah. So, so just settle in for a second here. I had a conversation with somebody who's far more in the know with regards to what Dia Bell is, uh, brings to the table. And they told me that they, they have evaluated both Helaman Kasuga and Dia Bell. And they said Dia Bell at this point is the better athlete, has a better arm and a better understanding of the game overall. And anybody who watched Helaman Kasuga play last year for Tempview knows how good that young man is for the Tempview Thunderbirds. Now Dia Bell obviously prepping down there in Florida. He's playing some high-level competition in his own right. But they, this person told me that they think that right now Dia Bell is the better athlete. And that's some pretty high praise because like we mentioned, these are both guys who are coming out of freshman seasons going into just their sophomore years of high school. There is still a long way to go in all their recruitment. Now, does BYU or Utah end up winning the recruiting battle for a Dia Bell? Who knows? But yeah. uh, the other thing I, I was told is that Raja Bell has kept a fairly keen eye and has been an interested observer in all things Utah sports, both from his time as a Utah jazz player in two different stints. Most jazz fans will know that he played for Utah in two different stints. But this person told me that he had a conversation with folks at BYU and told them he's been keeping an eye on BYU since 1990 when BYU upset Miami, number one Miami in Provo. He has been watching BYU from afar for three plus decades now this is a dude who knows speaking of raja who knows what the state of sports are in the state of utah mm -hmm. and it sounds like there's at least uh, i would say some interest on the bell's family part bell family's part in potentially having dia bell come out here and play in the in the beehive state it's just funny to me being a guy who grew up rooting for the utah jazz and watching raja bell clothesline kobe bryant once upon a time <laughs> and now considering that his son has an offer from byu correct me mm -hmm. if i'm wrong already offer them if they are they are they're holding off for the time being i i, I've, oh, I should have double checked this before we recorded this being honest thoughts on air i mean i know he was up at their camp recently throwing yeah. so i'm not 100 sure if they i know his interest and look with how good this dude is a freshman it doesn't matter if they've already offered him they're going to offer him <laughs>
Yeah, well, that's the thing about this. So just 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 trust me when I say the person I talked to knows about this because they, they've seen both of those guys in person. And they told me without a doubt right now they would take Dia Bell over Helaman Kasuga. He's got he says he's got they, they mentioned the height. He's already six foot two. He's got I, I got a, he's got like a man's body already. He's actually filling <laughs> out quite nicely going into his sophomore year. And I think it kind of comes from his dad obviously having mm-hmm. a great gene pool to draw from. Uh, that, there, there are so many things going for a young man like this. The crazy thing about this is he's just getting started. I think BYU saw an opportunity. They saw him at their camp. Obviously, Utah has seen him as well. Mm-hmm. And BYU decided to pull the trigger. I trust that Aaron Roderick, Fessy Satake, Kalani Satake, that brain trust down in Provo, know what they're doing when they go out and offer a kid like this. I trust that Utah has the same type of evaluation. They may be a little more cautious in terms of ultimately pulling the trigger and offering Dia Bell, but I would assume that if there is, uh, in, in the end, if one of these two schools wins this recruiting battle, how cool of a story will that be? A guy that played it for the NBA and the Utah Jazz has his son suiting up and potentially being the starting quarterback for one of the two chief in-state schools in the state of Utah. That would be incredible. And I like I'm the one thing with going back to Utah, as I said, I'm not 100% sure if Utah's offered him. I know he's been up there like he's taken pictures before with the Utah pads and everything on too. So that'll be interesting to see as well. But just in general, as you mentioned, I mean, to be better than, and here's one thing I do, I won't do want to get across about uh, Helaman Kasuga and what he did. Because look, Kasuga is a very talented quarterback. This is a guy, when you're talking about what do you recruit these guys for, it's their ability to shine in the moments. True freshman was going up and down the field with Jackson Brousseau in the state championship game. Brousseau, a guy who's going to Colorado State, had won a state championship the year before. True freshman, all the pressure in the world. Guy didn't look phased at all. So if Bell is already better than him, and based on what I've seen as well, I can absolutely see how Bell, at this point in the process, could be considered better than Kasuga. That should leave a lot of BYU and Utah fans very excited. And it's going to be interesting to see because, as you mentioned too, he's look already big, already looks like he's got the body, and he's still growing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about this. I, I just did a quick Google search while you were looking. It doesn't look, does not look like Utah has offered him quite yet, but here's the thing. I know this is a little dirty little secret. I talked about some of my podcasts. You probably talked about it as well. These are two programs, speaking of BYU and Utah, who I like to call bellwether programs. When these programs offer somebody and when either one of these programs offer an athlete, you can almost guarantee that they're going to follow each other's lead in offering yep. almost immediately afterwards. And there are other programs out there. There'll be big 12 and PAC 12 programs having seen BYU. Cause it doesn't look like Utah is offered, but the fact that they saw BYU offered Dia bell, they're probably saying, okay, if this kid can hack it at BYU, or at least BYU thinks he can hack it in Provo, he can, we guarantee he could hack it with our program. And you're going to start to see some of these, these offers flood in for a kid like bell. Uh, the thing about this is, He's got all the talent and he's got a great bloodline. Obviously, when your dad is a former all defensive team uh, for is not forward guard in the NBA, you know, you've got some athleticism in that family. And this kid sure looks the part of a true dual threat athlete with a very, very nice arm for a young quarterback. He absolutely does. Uh, shout out to Raja as well. Very good in the podcast game uh, over on the yes. ringer does a very good job there too. So it'll be, you know, and somebody here on this conversation, trying to get him on his radio show to talk about. All <laughs> I hope you're able to do it. Hey, you got it. You interacted with him on Twitter a little bit. Uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to work our magic. Let's put it that yeah. way. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jake, always fun. Appreciate you joining us and appreciate all of you for joining us on this locked on Utes and locked on Cougars crossover. That's going to do it for both our shows this week, but we'll be back next week. We'll see you then.